0: One, two, three, four, one, two. Welcome to BC the Beatles, the podcast about the Beatles, everything about the Beatles, 24-8. I'm Erica.
1: And I'm Allison. And before we start, be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts or stream us on Spotify. And if you're enjoying Because the Beatles, feel free to leave us a preferably five-star review so other maniacs can find us.
0: Also, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll be posting videos, photos, and more from this episode and beyond. You can also email us anytime at bcthebeatles at gmail.com.
1: Yes, and we have a super exciting special episode today.
0: As you might have been a guest from our different
1: opening music. What are we going to talk about? Yes, (laughs) yes, exactly. That's a little clue (laughs) right there what we're so excited about. But of course, we're talking about the new Revolver remixes, the new box sets, the special editions and all of that good stuff. We're so excited. But I guess the most important fact for you guys to know is that it will be released on October 28th and you can pre-order and pre-save it now. So go do that. Yeah, that happens to be my birthday. So thanks, Beatles, for the awesome gift. They planned
0: it that way. I know they did. I know. Thanks, Paul. Um, Maybe it was Ringo. I don't know. One of them. In the meantime, though, the new Taxman remix came out today and is available everywhere, which is super exciting. That's the version we played at the opening.
1: Yes. And we will drop the streaming link where you can find all the links to stream it across platforms in our show notes. So you can find it, too, if you haven't already heard it. So we're going to just go through a little bit of Revolver stuff today. We're going to just, you know, dip our toe into it because there's a lot coming up. And, you know, we're really excited to sort of switch our programming, transition it into talking about the Beatles and 66 Revolver, all that good stuff, which we'll get more into a little bit at the end of the episode. Uh, Before we start, though. Uh, I think we need to make a little uh, announcement. Also, this is not as exciting as the revolver, stuff, but <laughs> Erica uh, had a life milestone this morning. And would you like to tell everybody what that was?
0: Yeah, I had laughing gas for the first time. So if I sound a little loopy and a little high, that's why. But we waited until I stopped lying in my bed watching the birds overhead in my imaginary picture and listening to Benny and the Jets like at least 10 times.
1: So it's better. (laughs) Great. Well, that's awesome. I hope you're feeling okay. You sound coherent-ish, so that's good. Thanks, Thanks ish. (laughs) You're welcome, ish. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But, you know, we obviously couldn't wait to talk about Revolver because we're both so excited. I know. Okay. Yeah. I personally didn't know if we'd ever get a Revolver box. And that's for a couple of reasons which we're going to talk about. But, uh, I'm sure you guys are aware this follows suit with, you know, the Sgt. Pepper, the White Album, the Abbey Road, and last year's Let It Be slash Get Back projects from producer Giles Martin and engineer Sam O'Kell. They really work so hard on these to sort of reinvent the wheel, take all the songs down to brass tacks and remix them and rebuild them in a really interesting way. And so this is just their latest edition of that series. Like I said, it's a huge deal, and one of the reasons why I never thought we would get this, and it was surreal to hear it, that it was going to be coming out. So let's just break down the different packages before we talk about the actual set. There's a lot of different configurations, CD, vinyl, digital, but all of the new Revolver releases will feature the new stereo mix, it's sourced directly from the original 4-track master tapes, and... One of the reasons why they're able to bring us Revolver in such a way is because they utilize cutting-edge demixing technology, which was developed by Peter Jackson's Wingnut Films Productions, which is what they used for Get Back. Which, if you've seen Get Back, I'm sure you have. You know, they were able to really kind of enhance the audio, bring out banter, bring out, hey, the flower pot conversation, right? Yeah. So they took all that. Amazing technology, applied it to the revolver. Um, We'll dig into that in a second, what that means for those tapes. Uh, But it's fantastic. So we've also got the physical super deluxes, which we've known and loved on the other releases on LP and CD. So they include that stereo mix. Uh, They also include the album's original mono mix. And there'll be 28 early takes from the sessions and three home demos. One of them is mind-blowing. You're going to be shocked. Crazy. (laughs) You're going to be shocked. What the fuck? Oh yeah, yeah. No, totally. It's it's insane. We're gonna definitely we're gonna touch on that in a little bit. The super deluxes also include a four track EP. Those have new stereo mixes and remastered mono mixes for Paperback Writer and Rain, the single that preceded Revolver. And one of my favorite parts of these editions always is the book, because it's so mm-hmm. cool. And it's got new notes by Kevin Hallett, of course. Um, it has a foreword from Paul McCartney, uh, an introduction from Giles Martin. But I'm really excited about the essay from Questlove. And, you know, without kind of spoiling anything... Total transparency. I went to a playback event uh, last week in LA for the Revolver stuff with Giles Martin and the Apple crew, which is fantastic. And we're going to talk about that in another episode because Erica's playback is coming up in New York. So I don't, I don't want to spoil too much for you, but I will say they mentioned the essay from Questlove and they talked about something that was actually particularly poignant. I think Erica for us, which is that Questlove became a Beatles fan kind of later in life. And so this is kind of like a next gen essay. You know, oh, it's sort of how it. he got into them through different roots of like their like very proto like funk and rap, you know, that kind of thing, like the the music that he's known for with the roots, like how he saw some similarities in particularly Revolver era Beatles. So I'm super excited to to read more of his insight. And so finally, wrapping up, we've got our physical editions, but also there will be the new Dolby Atmos mixes. Uh, They will be released digitally only. And you guys will remember in previous configurations of other albums, the Atmos mixes were available on a Blu-ray disc, but this one will not have that. So that will be only digital. Keep in mind, if you want to listen to the Atmos, it's going to be digital.
0: Now, one thing about the Atmos that I am not sure about I think it's true that you you can hear what they've done if you're listening on AirPods, right? Like it doesn't have to be in a special room. Like I'm trying to gauge whether the average person who really only listens through headphones can benefit from getting the Atmos.
1: That's a really good question. I have tried to listen to Atmos and I don't have AirPods. So I, th- and I do think you're right, Erica, that the technology does work better on AirPods just because it's, it's Apple technology primarily, although it's, you know, everybody does Atmos mixes. It's not just an Apple thing. I've heard Atmos mixes both ways. Um, I've heard them in controlled Atmos environments, and I've heard them, you know, in my shitty little Amazon earbuds, which I'm wearing right now. I think it sounds good either way, but I think for the full Atmos experience, you're really, really hearing it much better if you're in a room with 16 speakers or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. You know, I... I'm kind of a plebeian. I'm the first to admit it. (laughs) I'm kind of a plebeian when it comes to audio. So I enjoy listening to the Atmos mixes at, say, Capital or, you know, I have a friend who has an Atmos setup, and that's great. But to me, it all sounds good. (laughs) So I'm probably the worst person to, to ask. So if you guys are big Atmos fans, like, let us know what your experience is for sure. Yeah, I'd love to know. Also worth mentioning uh, for these editions is, of course, the artwork because iconic mm. uh, Klaus Forman cover, and the book will also include all the original album artwork. It's illustrated with rare and previously unpublished photos, uh, images of handwritten lyrics, tape boxes, recording sheets, and you know I love always love the vintage uh, print ads for these records. Um, yes, and yes, and shout out to Klaus for his phenomenal book, which Eric and I both own, uh, Birth of an Icon: Revolver. It's, just, it's I don't even know how many pages, but it's a it's a hefty little coffee table book. Um, but it, it includes so many sketches from Klaus, like his remembrances of doing the album cover and his time with the Beatles. And so some of that will also be included in these sets, which is very exciting.
0: Yeah, I actually have a picture of me with Klaus and the book. So we'll have to post that. <gasps> That's at some point. right.
1: I think <laughs> I took that picture.
0: You probably did. I was at the 2016
1: beetle fest. Why didn't you get one? What the hell? I don't know, dude. I think I was, you know what? I, I went into it with grand plans to speak German to Klaus and then I chickened out the last minute. <laughs> so I think I, and I got really nervous. I think I was just sort of like, hi, oh my God, I'm such a fan, <laughs> you know, and I had a little Aww. fangirl moment, but yeah, I was just like so excited to get to meet him and, you know, get him to sign my book. And yeah, I, I love that book. Uh, but we'll definitely post your picture with Klaus. So for sure. Yeah, maybe someday I'll get a Klaus picture. That would be nice. Yeah, yeah, someday, someday, Klaus. Yeah. Okay, so gosh, there's so much to talk about. But just so, just to give uh, a little bit of a scene setting here for Revolver, taking you back to '66, the Halcyon days of the Beatles. Uh, <laughs> there's been a lot written today about the comparison. Of course, there's going to be a comparison made between Get Back, the Get Back era Beatles, and the Revolver Beatles. And I don't know, Erica, like, it feels good to kind of go back to, like, the less drama times.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, for sure. Uh,
1: I feel like since, you know, Pepper obviously came out first in these grand reissues. But then we've kind of been, like, degenerating release by release to, like, you know, where the Beatles, like, hated each other. And where there was, like, you know, Discord in the ranks. And mm-hmm. then, you know, the White Album, especially Solo Out. You know, it's it's all this stuff. So it kind of feels good to go back.
0: A lot of the exercise of Get Back was trying to, you know, from Peter Jackson all the way on down to all of us to say, you know, it wasn't as bad as you thought. It was actually really joyful. And yeah, there were parts that compared to the original film were very joyful. But at the same time, it was really miserable in a lot of other ways.
1: (laughs) For sure. I mean, you know, obviously there's a lot of joy, like you said, to be found in that film, but it doesn't erase the fact that that's the end of the Beatles you know that's Mm -hmm. it so it's very cool to go back to 66 where they have so much ahead of them and it really was a turning point you know there would have been no Sgt. Pepper without Revolver and part of the reason is in 66 the Beatles had just come off of doing a tour in 65 they come off of Rubber Soul but just happenstance they had four months off after their last tour because they were planning to shoot a movie that never happened and that would have come with the soundtrack that they would have had to rush to record, but all that went away. So they had this nice break and they re-entered the recording studio, April 6, 1966 at EMI, which is now Abbey Road, as we know. During their hiatus time, they were kind of getting into their own things. You know, George was getting obviously really heavily into his mysticism and playing the sitar. He's getting really proficient at that. Paul was doing his experimental music stuff and kind of developing concepts around that. John was getting really kind of spaced out (laughs) and thinking (laughs) about some higher concept, you know, songs and that kind of thing. So I think it's, you know, it's apropos that when they go into the studio on April 6th, the first thing they tackle is Tomorrow Never Knows. I mean, my God, okay, like (laughs) let's let's not even dip our toe into it, guys. Let's go for the craziest track that you'll ever hear.
0: That track reminds me of my favorite show ever, Mad Men. Do you remember that scene in Mad Men where yes. it was oh the God, end of what, it season five, maybe? I think, and Don Draper was was left the new, brand new revolver album by his brand new, very young wife, and he sits back and he listens to it, and it's just a signal that the whole world has changed. At yes. that moment, he turns on tomorrow, never knows, and it's just chilling
1: oh my god I just got chills I love yeah. that oh, I need to rewatch Mad Men so bad I love that oh my show oh god me too I mean and the music obviously in Mad Men is perfect Um, but yeah god talk about revolutionary you know mm-hmm. tomorrow never knows and I'm sure after that it was just like balls to the walls like let's just record this phenomenal album where we're showcasing these different sides of ourselves you know George I love Love You Too I'm a big fan of Within You Without You Too but I know a lot of people aren't <laughs> are fans of <laughs> but I just love I love Love You Too. And, you know, the fact that that's when George really goes hardcore into, like, I'm going to make a straight up, you know, Raga with heavy sitar and tabla and all this great stuff. You know, we'd sort of seen an inkling earlier with like Norwegian wood and that kind of thing. But this was like, yes, like, let's get it done, George.
0: The evolution of George during this period is a podcast season unto itself.
1: Oh my God, totally. But can we talk about how this? <laughs> I have to laugh because I just, it's so, this album is like George at full George because it starts with <laughs> Tax Man, right? Where he's bitching about taxes and yep. being salty. And I, we, I love that George so much. It's my favorite George. <laughs> just when he, he's just so bitter about it. And it's so relatable. Like we all hate the Tax Man and we mm-hmm. all hate paying taxes and we all hate money. It's just, you know, I love it. And then it's like, oh, but here's like, I'm going to go you know and showcase my like mystical indian music influenced stuff here it's two sides of the george personality perfectly balanced it's in this incredible, album. yeah i love it i love it uh so all this to say this is where we're going to leave the beatles they wrapped the uh revolver album sessions in the early morning hours of june 22nd 1966 and just hours later they were going to leave on another tour. So this segues very well into where we're going to pick up. Um, we, we have a couple of things to wrap up from our sort of live music themed summer series, but it segues perfectly because we're going to do a deep dive into their clusterfuck of a date Couple of dates in the Philippines, which really is 1966 Beatles at their peak, I think. Oh
0: boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so that'll be a really fun show. Uh, stay tuned for that. We'll, we'll have that up coming soon. Getting back into these remixes, though, and earlier up top of the show, I said that. I never believed they would happen. I'd always been told they'd never happen, you know, because the tapes for Revolver just don't exist like they do for Sgt. Pepper on down the Beatles. And what that means is that when Revolver is recorded, the tracks on each tape were bounced, which means they were either moved to another tape, they're condensed. So the result of that is you don't have the isolated say vocals and then on one track and then the drums on one track and then the guitar on one track you sort of have combined tracks with say the you know the guitar the bass and the drums or you know the percussion the vocal and the drums or whatever. I was always told because they didn't have the stems which just means each individual track with like individual instruments on it that we would never have the quality of Revolver uh, a, qual- a you know quality revolver remix like we do with Pepper or the White Album or Abbey Road. So this is where the magical people at Wingnut come in, because we know they can do it. <laughs> they did all kinds of that magical stuff for Get Back. So they, you know, thankfully, they had a little bit of extra time during the pandemic to kind of slow down the process. And they're able to dissect Revolver and kind of piece out everything, take out, isolate the vocals, isolate the drums, and move it to each separate track. Because now, you know, we don't use tape that much. We have Pro Tools where you can have a thousand tracks on one song and you can have everything by itself and play with it and move things to the front of the song or back of the song. That's kind of the magic here in restoring what could have been happening in 66, if they hadn't bounced the tapes.
0: The improvement between the stereo mixes that we've had and what we're going to get is going to be so huge because they could only do so much. And I remember, you know, when those things came out, they were occasionally kind of unpleasant to listen to because, like, let's say you're a kid and you're listening to it in your parents' car and you're on the right side of the car. Mm. And, like, you're only really hearing half of it because it is so, like, bifurcated in the way that it had to be, like, forced into a stereo mix. And that is a thing of the
1: past now. Right, because, you know, Revolver was sort of just conceived as a mono mix. Uh, You know, stereo is still really in in its infancy uh, when Revolver was being recorded. So they didn't really even have an inkling that it wouldn't be mono. Um, And so that presented a really unique challenge to Giles Martin. And he gave a great example In his interviews he's been doing about this, where he talks about Taxman, very apropos, because Taxman Mm -hmm. is a lead-off single here. And he said, you know, for Taxman, originally, everything's on one side or the other. You know, uh, the drums and bass are on one side. You have the vocals in the middle. You have lead guitar and shaker on the right-hand side. One thing that Wingnut, Peter Jackson's team, were able to do is... You know, like I was talking about separating out the different elements and giving their, their own tracks so you can sort of play with them in the arrangement and where they sit in the song. So Giles says, the Taxman track now has guitar, bass, and drums together, but he can take off the guitar, he can take off the bass, can separate the snare drum from the kick drum, but they still sound like themselves. Uh, there's no hint of guitar when you're listening to, say, the snare drum. It's all by itself. But interestingly, and most remarkably is those, the snare drum, kick drum, and guitar were baked together on the master tapes, but they're totally separate now, which is phenomenal. It blows my mind that they have this technology. It's crazy. Um, yeah. And he had this great quote. It's like I'm giving them a cake and they're giving me flour, eggs, milk, and some sugar. And <laughs> at the listening last week, he called it reverse alchemy, which I thought was amazing because it's totally apropos. And not to spoil Erica, but I've got to mention it. I can't not. I can't keep it inside. He he did play the separate tracks for Taxman, and he wow. showed us how he could isolate the snare isolate the kick. It was very cool. It was oh very, very cool. You're going to love I it. Cannot wait.
0: I know you're going to love it. We'll talk more about that. When I finish, when I get home from that, we're going to have to regroup and we're going to have to talk about everything about that. And we'll do another episode.
1: Yeah. You guys are going to get a lot of little mini revolver episodes. Cause there's just a lot, there's a lot coming up and we're very excited. Um, and what are we excited about? Uh, this is a great segue into where we talk yeah. about Rob Sheffield's amazing piece today in Rolling Stone. He sat down with Giles in London and had a big old chat about this set. And I I can't wait to talk about this anymore. The Yellow Submarine demo. Everybody's talking about it. So I, I don't even know where to start. It's so incredible. Let's start with John. Because oh, it yeah.
0: opens up a whole new history of Yellow Submarine. It seems that the song Yellow Submarine wasn't really just kind of a one-off, like, children's theme song that Paul wrote in a jiffy for Ringo to sing on an album.
1: We're going to toss the song to Ringo. Here you go, Ringo. Here's Yellow Submarine. Yeah.
0: It wasn't that. Apparently it started out as a, a, a sad John demo.
1: Holy shit. <laughs> yeah.
0: Rob listed some of the lyrics, which are in the place where I was born, no one cared, no one cared. And the name that I was born, no one cared, no one cared.
1: I'm getting fucking chills again. Like I it's you know, it's help John extending into Revolver. It's insane, you know, especially because I think is. I can speak for myself as a Beatles fan I tend to silo the Beatles a lot where it's like oh that was his help period and this is his revolver Mm -hmm. period and but it's like oh my god like that that insecure John is still here even in this fucking phenomenal album it's crazy in that yellow submarine if you guys told me that my mind would be blown by yellow submarine come on like I can't I, I have no words. It's
0: crazy. Rob goes on to say the demo on his home tape recorder, meaning John's, is a heart wrenching childhood memory ballad halfway between Julia and Strawberry Fields
1: Forever. What? Yes. Okay. So I've got to say I've heard the demo. He played it. Charles oh. Martin played it for us. Oh. I, I was going to save it. I can't <laughs> I can't not talk about it. The, so Giles, when he played it, mentioned that, you know, we like you said, Erica, we all think of it as like sort of Paul, like scribbling down, yell, summary, here you go. Here you go, Ringo, you sing this. But on the tape, you hear both John and Paul writing it together with these lyrics that are placeholders, but they're still like the structure. Um, but the way that Giles described it was sort of a Woody Guthrie song. 100% wow. I can't wow. change I can't alter that because it's the perfect description it sounds like Woody Guthrie um, very folksy very yeah like a ballad like a like a tale ballad that you'd hear but I think just these lyrics are just so chilling but the demo it's like where is this fucking demo been our whole lives it's 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 incredible to hear it on a home tape recorder of all the Beatles songs yellow submarine what the hell it's amazing You know, just it's when amazing. you think
0: that they've exhausted everything that the anthology cleaned out the vaults that all of these oh, things yeah. are just like small variations on a theme they come out with
1: this something absolutely. so absolutely groundbreaking as to the history of this song oh my god it changes everything yeah. it's and i don't i'm not a hyperbolic person usually but this literally changes everything you know of what we thought about yellow submarine it's insane
0: God, I can't wait to hear it. Okay, next week. Next week, next week. <laughs> next week. You, can, you can make it. You can hang on to You can time. make it. You can make
1: it. You're going to love it.
0: Another one that Rob mentioned was uh, one of my favorite Paul tracks, Here, There, and Everywhere. In this article, Rob says, somehow, hearing him wing it in this loose version, meaning the solo in Here, There, and Everywhere, confirms that Here, There, and Everywhere is the king of all Paul ballads. There is none higher. Now, I don't know exactly what he means, because I haven't heard it yet, but... That is already Paul at the top of his game. So if we're opening up the vaults to hear even more Paul genius, uh, my mind, my, my, my head's just going to explode. Yes.
1: And on that vein, too, uh, another Paul track on this for no one. Giles mentioned this also during the playback, but I, mean, I noticed it when we were listening to the Atmos. Did anybody know there was drums on <laughs> for no one? No. No, I didn't. No, no, I didn't. (laughs) He said he didn't. But that was the first thing I noticed when we listened to the Atmos Mix. I was like, holy shit, there's drums. Like I it totally flew over my head. It sounds phenomenal. So it's, you know, we've got Paul's balladry in a couple of new ways to listen. It's insane. I'm so excited.
0: And then the third song we're gonna highlight is Allison, your favorite Beatles song, according to (laughs) the song tracker we did (laughs) and your bird can sing.
1: And according to me, yes, uh, the song tracker confirmed (laughs) it. Absolutely. Um, yeah, Andrew sang. I was so excited to hear this in Atmos. And then Giles also played us. Something that's been announced today with the um, press releases coming out is an early take of Andrew Singh, which is from the anthology. Uh, but the, the mix that you'll hear on the set is extended and it's also enhanced, obviously. So there's more to hear in it. And I've always loved that version from the anthology, too, because the Beatles are so giggly and they mm-hmm. sort of like melt down on it. And it's so fun.
0: They're so high.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. I wonder if they had laughing gas that day, Erica.
0: Maybe. Maybe they did.
1: <laughs> Some Dr. Robert action? What? And as Rob reminded us in his article, John always uh, dismissed this song. And Rob posits that it's because John was sort of freaked out by how nakedly exposed himself in Andrew Birken's song. Maybe he just wanted to, to, like, make it go away. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, I know. Which we love. We love John in his most honest. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah so again the extended take is going to be on the set and uh it has one version with an alternate duet vocal uh and one that's just hardcore giggles 144 <laughs> seconds of John and Paul face to face headphones on howling with laughter into each other's mouths and this is how Rob describes it and it's perfect that's
0: fantastic
1: so great um yeah and there are more moments to look ahead uh, to and we will link rob's article in the show notes if you haven't read it yet take a look it is awesome
0: yes and next week we will fully break down these listening parties so give you all the goods and we both know what yeah. they are
1: hell yeah um so we're gonna wrap this one up but we thought it was apropos to end i th- feel like apropos is like my most used word this episode you guys go back and listen to the, from the beginning and drink every time i say apropos um but uh <laughs> we wanted to wrap it up with this quote uh from giles he talks about how it was such an abrupt mood change after get back which you know we sort of talked about earlier um and he said when i listened to the revolver outtakes after having done get back i listened to the outtakes like, outtakes i thought oh this is actually the real fun you know i get back they're trying to get this feeling get the breath of fresh air whereas in revolver it is just the air they breathe this is just endless enthusiasm there's no post-apocalyptic vision there hasn't been a bust up and they haven't got back together nor have they walked out yet so it really is capturing that moment before the drums really
0: yeah it's it's even before george said i'm not a beetle anymore after the end of the end of the tour's Yes. All of that stuff hadn't happened yet. And they were just experimenting and finding out who they were.
1: Yes, of course. And we have to mention, Brian is still alive. That is, for me, obviously, the beginning of the end for the Beatles, in my mind. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we've still got Brian. We've still got the team together. They're about to head it back on the road. They don't want to, but that's where they're headed. Revolver is that sort of segue. But it's a really important step in developing you know this new sound uh the independent beatles and heading into sergeant pepper and their retirement from touring it's all it's all there in this album such a crazy transition period for them i know love it and like we mentioned uh tax out today newly remixed uh stereo and atmos uh again the link to it is in our show notes and uh it sounds great to me what do you think erica
0: it sounds fabulous it's In the same vein as um, the White Album, Abbey Road, Get Back, where when Giles takes these songs apart, they sound totally fresh and new, like somebody recorded it this year. And you cannot believe that they're, what, 56 years old. And whether or not I'm hearing the full Dolby Atmos mix in my headphones, it is the Dolby Atmos mix that they released today. And it just sounds so layered even in mm. your headphones it's a it's a it's a really refreshing take on it even that opening bit which we played at the beginning where they're just talking and coughing and whatever i mean you feel like you're in the room with them
1: Yes. And that was, you know, one of Giles Martin's aims is sort of to put you in the room with them because they were able to do that with Get Back. So I think that's going to be the goal for all future releases is to really just make you feel like you're sitting with them in Studio 2, Studio 3, as, you know, a lot of Revolver was recorded in there as well. So that's really exciting because who doesn't want to be in the room with the Beatles? Come on. Exactly. (laughs) That's the dream.
0: And what's coming up for us this season? Mm. Well, a lot of things, a lot of things, especially a lot of things around Revolver. We are going to kick it off with our experiences at the listening parties coming next. Um, We have a number of episode topics that deal with not only the touring period that we were finishing off with, but the transition into the revolver period. I am definitely going to be doing an episode on the American version, because then I get to talk about the butcher cover, which is my favorite thing.
1: Oh, yeah, we got to do a butcher cover episode. Yes. (laughs)
0: We have a couple of special guests lined up for us uh, coming up. Some uh, we We're not going to announce any of them yet, but definitely stick around. I think you'll be happy you did. Mm-hmm. And lastly, we would love to hear from you guys. If you have anything Revolver-related or 66-related that you would like us to cover, would like to chat about, let us know.
1: Yeah. I mean, you guys were so cool to hang out with us last year and talk Let It Be, Get Back, all that good stuff. Um, We're excited for another fall into deep diving into a Beatles era and Beatles time. I feel like looking back now at all of our stuff last year, Erica, with Let It Be and and Get Back, I feel like I got so immersed in a period where I never thought I'd get so immersed, (laughs) you know, a Beatles period, that I was just sort of like not that fully invested in before, but I learned so much. I gained so much appreciation for it. So going into this like era revolver era is so exciting because it's already pretty much my favorite period of the Beatles for a lot of reasons. So it's just really I can't wait. I'm so excited to dig into it. I'm very grateful and happy and, and, you know, just humble that we can we get to do it.
0: Yeah. And for me, I think I'm more like you on Let It Be. I was this The Rubber Soul Revolver period is probably the, the period of the Beatles I know the least about. So I'm excited mm. to, di- to dive in.
1: Cool. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. Yay. Well, we're going to wrap up this episode. And thank you, as always, for listening to Because the Beatles. Uh, please follow the show on Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening right now. And give us a rating review so other Beatle Maniacs can find us.
0: And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll be posting photos and more from this episode and beyond. And remember, you can always email us all your Revolver-related ideas and (laughs) anything else you'd like to talk to us about at bcthebeatles at gmail.com. See you next time. Bye.
1: Bye.